Welcome to Mindless, a semi-serious podcast where two friends try to figure out how to be mindful, manifest their best lives, and love themselves. My name is Lorena Schutt. And I'm Kelly Niner. Join us while we try to figure out how to be more and mind less. Hey folks, it's Kelly, and y'all are in for a treat. We've got part two of Lorena's ayahuasca journey. For those of you who are just joining us, I highly recommend you go give part one a listen because we pick right back up where we left off this week with Lorena having just finished her first ceremony and diving straight back in to night two of the mindfuck of a medicine that is this magical plant juice. Does she shit herself this time? Guess you'll have to listen to find out. Just a quick note, guys, um, because we want to make sure that everybody listening is taken care of since this is a mental health podcast. If you go ahead and make sure you check out the content and trigger warnings in the description before giving this episode a listen, we do go over some sensitive topics. So just make sure you give that a go. Otherwise, please enjoy us having a very long chick wag about uh, Lorena's experience. So super happy, glowy, fun times for your second day. Uh, and then what was the rest of the trip like? Um, yeah, then the second journey was very, 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 very different. Um, I was very scared, although I felt so good on the day, but just because I had such an intense experience the first night, I had felt all the emotions you can ever feel ever in your life. Um, so I was scared of like what to expect for the second night. And um, one of the shamans, um, his name was Brad. Um, he actually made the brew for the second night. Um, he said something <laughs> that I very much agree with. Um, he said, I don't know what your night last night was like. I don't know what your night this night will be like whether it's good, whether it's bad, all I can promise you is it's gonna be different. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But just so to clarify, so you literally had your first experience one night and then the next day. Yeah, so it's four ceremonies, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Wow. Okay. Not a lot of sleep. No, I was going to say, yeah, because like, so what did you do on the second day as well to just like prepare? Do you just kind of chill and like... No, because you don't have a very long... You don't have free time pretty much. And Okay, now I'm understanding why this is a lot. Yeah. Okay. So basically like you don't sleep a lot either. Like the ceremony on the first night started at 5.30 and it ends about 1 a.m. And then you go to bed and then yoga the next morning is I think at 7 I want to say seven. Uh, you don't have to go, but I would recommend it. I would recommend to take as much in as you can. I like sleep so much. Yeah, but like, to be honest, like after the ceremony, going to yoga was more like going to yoga, basking in the energy, but lying on the mat. Okay. <laughs> some, Being in child's pose. Yeah, some shavasana for your, for your yeah, brain. Yeah, shavasana all, oh. all hour. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, But... Yeah, I um, 
the the second night was very 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 different um i it was very different in general like the vibe was different the energy was different because it was a different brew a different shaman um and i took the drink and it was just a different energy like not a lot happened at the start after i took the first drink which was very different from before um and i felt i felt a lot of sexual energy within me the first night i also felt a bit sexual by the way i felt but i felt more feminine and i was feeling my womb very strongly the first night and i was like whoa that's insane i can grow a life in there yeah that terrifies me <laughs> and i was like M- maybe i want to <laughs> I don't know, and it was a lot. Yeah, I got these visions of like what I would be like as a mother, and it was weird. But I felt very feminine, both in a reproductive sense, but also in a sexual sense. But the second night was a lot of sexual energy, a lot more. But I felt very masculine. Hmm. So how would you describe how would you describe that? Like the differences between feeling sexual, masculine, like sexual, masculine, sexual, feminine more forceful the masculine was more powerful more forceful the feminine was a bit gentler also powerful but in a in a very gentle calm way i've i had i even had a vision i have no boundaries here guys um of like me having sex as a man it was really fucking weird but like after having had this experience, I'm like, I nah, nah, I no. So like in the vision, you had a penis yes. and everything. Yes, yes. What was that like? It felt very strange. It feels different to have sex as a man. Yeah. <laughs> I, do you know what? It's, it's weird that you said this because um, I don't know why, but recently I've been thinking about the difference, just uh, just the difference in, in all genitals, to be all honest, because there's so many more really than like what we think of as the, you know, the penis and the vagina but just the idea of having like external genitalia yeah obviously i'm not obviously i was ascribed female at birth and therefore that means i have a vagina but um yeah so i don't know what it's like to just have like these things dangling between my it doesn't sound comfortable i'm not gonna lie i kind of well i had an erection so it wasn't nothing was dangling (laughs) but like but even that like i don't know i just i kind of like that it was weird it feels weird when it's like because i felt like i was having sex it felt like it was in something obviously so it it felt weird yeah i know i think i like my little like poly pocket yeah same yeah i, I mean it, felt, it didn't feel bad it felt good but like i i like being a woman <laughs> are you like having a vagina at least both yes <laughs> in my case both yeah <laughs> but yeah i um yeah it was all this like sexual energy night i was like convulsing a lot that night like i was um shaking a lot as well like like I was moving uncontrollably like my hands were doing weird things like just beside my face like just going back and forth or in circles and I couldn't do anything against it it was strange is that I'm assuming that's normal like that happens to some anything people. can happen to be honest <laughs> like it's pretty unpredictable um yeah and then 
just before I got up to get the second cup, which bear in mind, like this time it wasn't as intense. It hadn't felt bad. Like I didn't really have any visions, like nothing much had happened apart from the sex thing. Just a little sex thing, you know. And I got up to get the second drink and I felt I didn't feel good, but I could stand easier. And then my chest really started hurting. And I was standing in the queue and it got so bad. The pain got so bad. Like I couldn't even breathe. Like every time I would take a big breath, my chest would hurt more. So you say by hurting, was it like tightness? Like like a or like a piercing pain a piercing like- pain yeah it was a piercing pain every th- every time i would take a deep breath in it would get stronger yeah so i would immediately be like find a shaman and be like hello i'm dying <laughs> hello i'm having a heart attack yeah please save me like <laughs> i did get the fear jesus because i know ayahuasca can't kill you but obviously if you have a heart condition it does raise your heart rate i so i thought oh my God, what if I'm going to die here? What if I'm having a heart attack? And I was actually in the queue and I had to sit down and I couldn't queue for the second drink. And then one of the helpers came and she asked me if everything was okay. And I was like, my chest is really hurting and like, I can't breathe. And she helped me back to my bed and then someone else came and, um, and also tried to help me and was like, what, like what's going on? And I was like, well, my chest really hurts. I've got a piercing pain in my chest. And my left arm hurts. So yeah, definitely having a heart attack and I'm dying. Please help. (laughs) These are actual symptoms. That's terrifying. I was scared. I was really scared. But that's why I'm so glad I picked Rhythmia because what did they do? They called the doctor. Perfect. Yeah. And so a doctor actually came into the ceremony and took my blood pressure and my heart rate. And he was like, Lorena, everything's perfect. It like it's actually great. I'm gonna come back in a few minutes, but it all looks good. Oh, and I forgot to say by the way, my intention for that night, the night before it was show me who I've become, but I wasn't actually sure if I'd seen who I'd become. So I said, I think I've seen who I've become. I think I've become a victim. If this is true, please merge me back with my soul at all costs. If this isn't true, please show me who I've become. That was my intention for the night. So I was very confused because I was like, I didn't see it the first night. I'm not seeing it like I've become a dying person. Like, what is this? <laughs> and and um, and I was like, I, I couldn't breathe. And I went outside. So I only had one drink. And I went outside and someone was sitting with me. One of the helpers was sitting with me. Like I was drinking a bit of water, which normally you don't do. Normally you don't drink um all ceremony because it it could trigger you to throw up okay yeah not in a purging way but in a like vomiting in an actual i'm throwing stuff up yeah yeah so i was sitting there uh, sipping on water very slowly and i could hardly breathe and then brad came the shaman the shaman yeah and he came and he sat down in front of me and he was like where does it hurt and i said well My chest hurts right where my heart is and my left arm hurts. And he looked me straight in the eye and he smiled at me and he said, that's really, really good. That means your heart is healing. And I was like stunned for a second. 
and I felt better because I was like for whatever reason although that was no guarantee that I was okay it gave me hope and then he got up and he did this healing thing like the shamans do this like it's a bit weird but for some reason it works like it's a healing thing with like leaves and then there's like healing water and they sing this protection song it it looks freaky and it sounds freaky but it helps it really helps like it helps when you're like purging any purge as soon as he started doing that I first of all felt better and I instantly started crying and all of the pain all of the trauma came out and was released and it really helped me That was pretty much the second night and my heart was still hurting all night and even the next day until that night of the next ceremony and I didn't feel good throughout the day either because I was still in pain (laughs) but my theory is that the first night I'd seen who I'd become a victim and I think I also merged back with my soul I just wasn't aware at the time Because I think when I was outside and I turned into this five-year-old child, I think that was my soul. That was my inner child. And is there, because obviously I know you, but can you explain a bit more of why you think that? Well, first of all, it makes sense as to why then my heart would heal next without me even having set the intention. And also, it's because I was so innocent and playful and carefree and loving and so pure. Like like the way I'd come into the world before all the layers came on top of it. That's what it felt like. And that's, that's who I really am at my core. Like untouched. Yeah. Pure. Authentic. That's awesome. You said your heart hurt all the next day as well? Yeah, it got gradually a bit less, but it was still hurting. Did you feel that sense of happiness that you felt the day before? Not at all. Oh, I gosh. felt miserable. Oh, okay. I, I felt really bad and I felt scared. And I didn't want to do the third ceremony because I was like, I, like, I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah, for real. But yeah, I, I actually started crying throughout the day as well. I spoke to a few people because I was like, I'm, I'm so scared. I don't want to do the ceremony. I was so scared last night. Did anybody else have similar experiences to you? No. Really? Well, not that. Not the heart attack thing. People had surgery on their heart. Like the alien surgery. Like lots of people got their heart healed. but um, But yeah, like everybody's experience was different everybody's experience was different like there were similarities Mm. I think do you think that speaks like the complexity of us yeah Yeah. Mm. right so now it's time for the third the third ceremony yeah and you're shitting it I'm shitting it and I was really scared I was really scared and um everybody was like tonight will be a beautiful ceremony believe me it's gonna be the most beautiful ceremony. I was like, I'm, I'm so scared. I don't want to do it. I mean, personally, after if I had had those two experiences back to back, if someone looked me in the eye, I was like, it's going to be a beautiful ceremony. I would have been like, I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> and also, you don't know that. Like, I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> I went anyway. And the third night was a very different night again. Um, it was the night of the divine feminine. 
it was all pretty much all female shamans and there was live music and it was actually gorgeous but I, I was scared so I went in and I went to see Sarah the shaman I went to her and I was like Sarah I'm really scared and she said that's okay that's okay be grateful for the fear embrace it give it a hug it's good that it's there and then later on throughout the night you can go outside to grandfather fire there's a little fireplace outside and you can give the fear to the fire so it takes it away i'm really scared of fire <laughs> i was just thinking <laughs> and she laughed and she was like i'm, I'm so glad that came up <laughs> so it's like take your fear and then give it to this other thing that you're petrified of <laughs> Exactly. I actually did go to the fire that night. But yeah, she she did her healing thing and I was like, right, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. First drink was served after the rapé. She gave me rapé as well, which calmed me. I was like determined. I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to like this is what I'm here for. This is what I paid for. Yeah. And I went up um to get the first drink and so I, I had seen who I'd become. I had merged back with my soul. And my heart had been healed, I thought, I think. So I was like, what will my next intention be? But because I was so scared, I was just like, right, I'm, I just want to trust. So I asked for faith and I asked for clarity. I'm actually going to look at my notes for this as well. Do it. Because the third night was the most profound one so I'm glad I didn't skip it I'm really glad I didn't skip it I mean faith and clarity sound like something that everyone seeks at some point in their life I know I have definitely and I, I think as well Lorraine and I have had conversations about this too for me having faith kind of goes back to that whole thing of like not trying to have control over everything having faith in something whether it's a higher power or the universe or us as a collective consciousness, however woo or scientific you want to be about it, if you have faith in something, then it means that you don't have to be afraid. And to be honest, I think everybody has faith in something. Even if you say you don't believe in anything, nothing is still something, you know? Yes. Or even like, People that you would think of as like faithless ha put faith in things that just maybe don't have as much um, spiritual spiritual capital to it. Yeah, exactly. Like they put faith in money or power or these kind of more materialistic external things. Okay, so what's in your notes then? So my whole body was rejecting it basically, but I was like, okay, I'm going to ask for faith and clarity and... I got it and I can't really explain this in a good way because I I just got exactly what I asked for and not much happened after the first drink like I fell asleep for a little bit actually and when I woke up I felt like moving and I embraced the music it was very good music that night very good music uh, everything from that night is on my ayahuasca playlist on Spotify. <laughs> we can put that in the link in the description if anybody else wants yes, to give it a listen. Yes, please follow my playlists on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs>
and I really embraced the music and I danced and I was like, I, like this is awesome. I feel good. I feel good. And I feel, although nothing happened, I've, I had faith. And I felt very clear and everything was very clear to me. And I knew it's all, it's all, it's all going to be good. It's all for my, it's all for the best. Like everything's working out for me. And then they called for the second drink. And part of me knew if I get up and I take a second drink, I'm going to be sick. I kind of knew, but I did it anyway. Don't think, drink. Don't think, drink. Yeah. And that's what you're here for, right? So... I took the second drink and my intention for the second drink, I asked for gratitude. As soon as I took the drink, I felt nauseous. And I was like, don't throw up, don't throw up. Because as I said, like if you throw up. Too soon after taking it. You have to drink again because who knows if it's in your system. Um, I managed not to throw up. But from badass. Yeah, from then on, I felt so nauseous. And you know how I told you, like, the first night was, like, suffering? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. <laughs> Lol, JK. <laughs> Nothing against the third night. I I asked for gratitude, right? And I got gratitude, but not in a gentle way. I felt violently ill. As if I was on my deathbed. I think if I was like really deathly ill, about to die, this is what it would feel like. I'm, I'm sure, 100% sure, no doubt. I felt like I was on my deathbed. I was feeling nauseous and Mama Ayahuasca did not let me throw up. I knew it would be a relief, but she wouldn't let me. And I gasped for air and I couldn't breathe. And I was sweating profusely. Like the the heat was coming out of my pores. I was generating so much heat. And I started hallucinating for the first time with my eyes open, which was fucking terrifying. I was looking at my arm and I was poking it. And I could feel that, but I couldn't see it. I could not see my arm. You couldn't see your own arm. I couldn't see. Like the arm that was poking your other arm. I couldn't see any of them. I could, like I couldn't I I just couldn't see my body. It was like my body was dissolving. Like I was looking straight at my hand and it disappeared completely. Like it was like I was disintegrating. Um like I was falling apart and I was I was literally losing my body. And then I felt my presence and I felt my energy. Like I felt me but my physical vessel just wasn't it just ceased to exist which to me is such a like mind-boggling concept because I do believe that the human experience is based off of us in these bodies including like the idea of like mortality like we die and therefore that shapes our human experiences Whereas, like, if we, so say in 300 years' times, we can, like, put our brain into, like, a robot computer uh, and never die, we're not really human at that point anymore because so much of our humanity is based off of being in these weird, super fragile meat sacks. <laughs> so you didn't have a body. 
I didn't have a body and it like you know you know kind of know what my beliefs are my belief is anyway yes we're having this human experience but we're not humans having like a spiritual experience we're spiritual entities having a human experience so the human body is just a tool to like feel all these things and when when I didn't have a body it felt like I was my true essence I was who I really was and that felt like it was immortal and I think that's the reason why I'm not scared of death anymore because I feel like I'm not gonna die my ego is gonna die my personality is gonna die my body's gonna die but not who I really am at my core yeah I, w I was feeling very dizzy and I, I couldn't walk I couldn't see I had to ask someone to bring me to the bathroom because I had to pee and I was like I like I <laughs> pee, pee from where <laughs> like, I cannot see anything I cannot walk and it was also like it was kind of like an ego thing for me as well I noticed at at that moment because I had to raise my hand and I had to be like please can you help me get to the bathroom which you know as a Leo moon. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch doesn't ask anyone for help. <laughs> no. I eventually purged. Do you know like how long it had been since you had taken the second drink? It felt really fast. Mm. The suffering didn't feel as fast, but it, it felt faster than the first night for sure. The, the purging was... It took a long time for me to purge. It took a long long time for me, but when it finally happened, it was so intense. I threw up harder than ever in my life. Um I thought I was going to die. It it felt like it was painful. It was violent. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't catch a breath. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to choke on my own vomit." Yikes. That's how much was coming out. A side note, in the beginning, we like you were doing such a beautiful job of talking Rhythmia up as this like beautiful place with like lovely hum like humans and like the love bubble that you were talking about. And I was like, oh man, they better reach out for us because we were promoting the shit out of this. And at this point, I'm like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to be transparent here. But it's like they were good through the experience as well because like they were so... They guide you through it. No, I mean, like, the center in and of itself, but more of, like, maybe in the beginning we had some people listening who were like, maybe I, maybe I could do ayahuasca. But at this point, I think you've said that you felt like you were dying, like, five times. Um, so, yeah, it's not something to be taken lightly, y'all. Definitely not. Uh, and it's a unique experience. It's a very personal experience. Like, if you ever do it, you're not going to have an experience, like like me like it's gonna be very different it could be more difficult it could be just as difficult it could be easier you never know I was also like when I couldn't breathe I had this moment suddenly when I took this big breath like as soon as I could breathe again it was like <gasps> as if it was like the first breath I have ever taken and it kind of felt like a death and a rebirth I think that's what it was that's how I interpret it as soon as I threw up, though, as soon as I purged, my nausea was gone and I felt okay. And I had asked for gratitude and I had gotten it. I, I, Mama Ayahuasca made me suffer so much that I was grateful for my life, for what I had. Um, she made me experience everything that could be but that wasn't. Um, she made me grateful for the hardship 
She made me love my pain. And things kept changing scarily fast. Like, you know how I was saying before, like you could be sober one second and drunk the other. And like, this is what it was like. Like it, I went from sober to an excruciating pain, to nauseous, to death, to rebirth in seconds. And it made me appreciate every moment every single second and it reminded me of the impermanence of things and it reminded me of the fact how quickly I can shift states consciously and unconsciously and how powerful it is to just breathe through things and <laughs> there is something actually here in my no this is my journal entry that I'm looking at right now as my notes and <laughs> I wrote I knew nothing would last except the infinite being of light that I am. Yo. Yeah. And then that was very profound. And then later in the night, the music started picking up. There was live music and I sang with all my heart and I danced however I wanted to dance. And I felt ecstatic and free and loving and grateful. And I love everyone, like even the people that before I would have said horrible people I loved everyone and I was just um it, it was it was beautiful and I went outside and I looked at the stars and by the way the the night sky in Costa Rica oh my god it's so pure well we were talking about this when you had come back because I actually mentioned uh Lorraine is from Germany And the first time that I had ever experienced like what I consider like a naked night sky was visiting uh, one of my friends in a tiny, tiny, tiny little village called Uslar in the very, very middle of Germany. And we had been out back in her garden having beers. And before I knew it, it had been dark. And I happened to look up and... Uh, 17-year-old Kelly actually didn't know you could see that many stars without, like, a telescope. Uh, <laughs> and the it's I'm obviously, like, the juxtaposition of sitting there with my friend who had grown up there and her just being like, I don't understand why this is. And it's not like I came from uh, or grew up in a very uh, big city, but there's so much light pollution from and where I'm from that you do have to make an effort to go somewhere. And even after, which I've done before, even after making that effort, it never looked like that. It never looked like that. Yeah. I, I have to say like, I went to, I went to really like remote places as well. And I went to like places that were quite far from other cities. Like I went to like small islands and stuff, but I've never seen a sky like that. And you could say like, maybe part of it was, was the ayahuasca, like whether that's like on the ceremony night or, or just in general. But the, I mean, Costa Rica, like is one of the blue zones of the earth, which is like where people live the longest. So I think the fresh air probably has something to do with that. I mean, I remember seeing the, the water and just the, I feel, I feel like I could smell the breeze in the photos and the videos that you had sent while you were there like and I'm I grew up near the water too so it's something that I very much connect with and uh yeah I mean it looked like heaven it was incredible it felt like looking at the night sky felt like I was in the universe like out there in space and there are people that actually find that quite terrifying like this like seeing the stars like that and it makes them feel small and insignificant rather than I don't know. For me, there's something I'm like, how fucking lucky are we that like all of this randomness and chaos turned into something that gave me 
the possibility to have this weird human experience. Yeah, and it's like I think the same way. And I do get the idea of, oh, we're small and insignificant, but why is that not a nice feeling? Like, I, I think that can be a nice feeling. Like, we're these small humans, but also we're made of the same fucking stardust. Yeah. These weird little space ants. Um, so was there anything else about your third night? No, I think that was pretty much it. So it was like, it turned out to be a beautiful night. It was the most challenging night, but it was a beautiful night. And I felt really good the next day again. But again, I didn't want to do the fourth night for various reasons. Um, one of them being I felt good. And the last time I felt good and did ayahuasca after it I turned felt crap. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And the other reason was that the fourth ceremony was actually a very, very different ceremony. In what way? It was a different brew. The brew was called Yahe. It's also ayahuasca. Um, but it's a bit thicker. Ugh. Yeah. Every time you talk about how it's the texture, man, like it's even more grainy. No. Okay. It's it's not nice. They even give you like water for like you know how you can't drink, but they give you water. They're like, no, 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 you need this chaser. <laughs> you you get water just so you can like rinse your mouth pretty much. Get the gr- grit out your teeth. Exactly. Ugh. Oh my god. Okay. Um, so that's a reason. Also, it was a Colombian night. It was a very masculine night. It was a Colombian night, and it was also a celestial ceremony, which means rather than the other nights when it started at 5.30 and it would go on until 1 or 2 a.m., the last night started at 7.30 and went on until 9 a.m. Yo. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, I have to do this all night. They served three drinks that night and you could have more what they also did different was they did like healing circles you know how i said that you you get healings from shamans and stuff it's like Mm. like you did on your second night yeah like I, i got it pretty much every night like whenever you would be struggling especially they would come so they were although it was a lot of people there were weirdly enough helpers for everyone like whenever I would feel bad someone would be there yeah they did like healing circles where we would sit in a circle like men and women divided um it's like a Colombian tradition I don't know why but um they they did this healing thing in a group um and they did multiple circles throughout the night and those were the differences and Yahe the medicine has a little bit of a different effect. Um, you get less visuals, and it's a lot more purgative. That's usually the night when people shit themselves, because it's usually the night when it comes from both sides at the same time. Oh, God. I wore period pants. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like it's the smart thing to do, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't have to. Took the first rank. Disgusting. And I sat down and I was very nervous and I fell asleep. So you had a nada. I, I woke up for the healing circle. Okay. And so like at what time was that? I, I have no idea. It was still dark. And I, I did the healing circle and I went back to my bed and I fell back asleep again. And then I woke up and it was light outside. Oh, man. Okay, so basically your fourth night was the healing circle. Yeah, my fourth night was a nada. Like, although I woke up once, that was a nada because I literally woke up, did the healing circle, fell back asleep. And I only had one drink all night. Yeah. 
and it wasn't intentional it was just because i fell asleep and um it it was actually it was actually beautiful like i felt really good like i was dancing a little after there was a wedding oh yeah you said it was beautiful. So beautiful yeah there was a proposal as well yo ayahuasca mama ayahuasca getting everybody married <laughs> um it was it was amazing um and yeah that was my last night and oh i forgot to say my intention for that last night um because obviously i had gotten my miracle my intention that i set was what's my purpose the strange thing was that although i'd had a nada and i hadn't actually seen anything that night i woke up with this knowing that i would figure it out and ever since i've come back things have been falling into place and happening that are leading me guiding me to my purpose yeah because yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask because earlier you mentioned that anada was uh maybe an undoing of some trauma so do you think you don't think that was the case I don't know. All I know is how I felt and how I feel now. And I feel like I have this knowing. And it's it's a very, very different vibe. Um, I, I just feel like secure in that purpose. I just feel like free of doubts. That's amazing. Um, I hope I get to feel like that one day. <laughs> kind of kidding. Sort of. Not really. So at this point, how many days are actually left in the retreat? Um, so the last ceremony was Thursday night, so Friday. Um, I left on Sunday, so the Friday and the Saturday was obviously no ceremony, but breath work in the evenings. Um, and the first people left on Saturday, because some people would stay Saturday till Saturday, some people would stay Sunday till Sunday. I think it depends on the room you book. Um, but yeah, it was actually, it was so sad to leave, because... These people are my family. You still talk to loads of them. I've I've met. I'm totally blanking on her name. Who lives? Food Marie. Glasgow. Marie. I I wanted to say that, but then I had this fear of saying the wrong name on a podcast and having it be here forever. Yet, who's lovely? Yeah, uh, love her to death. She's amazing. Yeah, she's and the one who got engaged. Yeah, yeah, to Cash. That's been hi guys. If you're listening, don't know if you will be, <laughs> but if you are. Yeah, I made some really good connections and it was it was hard to leave. I stayed in Costa Rica a bit longer, which was good, but it also made me feel lonely. Mm, I can imagine, especially for someone like you who isn't used to being around that many people, that once you're removed and you have such a specific uh, life-changing experience, that then to go spend time by yourself on a beach might be a little jarring. It, it was good. Like it was be- It was better than coming back right away oh yeah I mean but yeah it, it was weird because as you said like I like being alone that's how I get my energy however I like during that time at Rhythmia there was not a second when I thought I want to be alone which was strange I don't know if it's just the experience or the people I was with or both but I just felt very very comfortable being around anyone when I came back that's when shit got hard. Yeah, so I was going to say uh, the next kind of part is something that we sort of touched on in the very beginning of 
the first part of uh, these podcasts, which is integration. Yeah, maybe we could start with the questions, actually, because I think a few questions touch upon this and then we can get the rest out of the way as well. Lorena asked some of y'all on Instagram specific questions. I am only going to ask the ones that I feel like we haven't already answered. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is a good one. Should you do psychedelics before? You don't have to. Definitely not. I think you can go into this never having had a sip of alcohol and never having done anything because it's it's gonna it's very different and it's a different intention as well. Did you just out of curiosity, did you meet anybody there who had never done any other drugs? Or I don't know about alcohol, but there were definitely people there who had never done any psychedelics. Right. But there were also people there who had done mushrooms or whatever or like other things as well. Like LSD and yeah, mescaline. Yeah. I don't think it really made a difference because it's a, it's a very different substance. You can recognize some things from other substances, some commonalities, but it's very different. Like the overall experience is very, very different. So no, you do not have to have done psychedelics before going into this experience. Can you imagine if like if like that was on a questionnaire before you could you could go? Also, that would be weird. Like, (laughs) please eat some LSD before you (laughs) go into the forest and take mushrooms, and then you can come back and have a chill sesh with Mama Ayahuasca, or a very not chill sesh. Who knows? (laughs) Um, uh, Do you think your daily life has benefited from it? Yes, (laughs) I think so, because I handle things a bit differently and it's made me a lot more open and receptive which Mm. is good and bad because on my good days I'm ecstatic on my bad days like I feel very intensely now Mm -hmm. like I when I'm sad I, I have to cry it has to come out yeah I can't suppress any emotions anymore which is good but like I feel I feel things a lot more strongly it's made me happier overall. It's made me very grateful. It's made me able to see how we're all one, how we're all connected, and how the only thing that there is, and this sounds fucking cheesy and woo-woo as fuck, but the only thing there is is love. It's the only thing that exists. That's what we are. And it's, ma- it's made me see that. And I I do think my daily life has benefited from it. And there's not a single day ever since that I don't think about this and that that I'm not grateful for it. And although it was also hard, like the integration was very hard, very, very hard. It was, it took me a good two months to integrate this experience. And I, I fell into a deep, dark hole after it was um L- Lorena is one of my best friends and as a German Capricorn also kind of like the boss ass bitch of the group or like no I think we all are in our own way Thank to be honest you. but no definitely like but you're also the kind of person that's always no matter what it is you always seem very sure and that was the only time I've ever seen you have no fucking idea Yeah I was I was doubting everything every you area very of my life lost I like, was lost yeah Yeah I didn't know where I wanted to be I didn't know who I wanted to be with I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life I didn't know what to do I just didn't know and I 
also got very, very depressed to the point where, and this is why I want to put a lot of emphasis on if you want to do this, if you feel called to do this, not only do your research to do it at like a decent place. I do recommend Rhythmia, but there are other great places as well. But also make sure you've got integration support. That can be therapy. That can be plant medicine integration. If you do therapy, preferably a therapist that has experience with plant medicine. Because you're going to need it. Like your experience will be so personal and individual. And it, it can be actually be very dangerous because it brings everything out of you, right? So yes, it can heal anxiety and depression. And I would say like it has to a large extent taken those things away from me. But to do that, I had to fall into that hole after coming back and I had to go through it harder. And I was I was saying before, like I wanted to get rid of like my attachment issues and like I don't I wanted to stop being needy and clingy, which is something like I was sometimes dealing with. And I came back and it got worse and I was like, fuck, this didn't work. Like I'm worse than before. Like this was the worst idea ever. But I had to go through that because I think ayahuasca, and I didn't know this at the time, but now I understand, it just kept teaching me the same lessons. Even though I wasn't in the journey anymore, it just kept teaching me the same lessons over and over and over and over again until I accepted them. It's almost like a more extreme version of the human experience in general. Like, I feel like that's what humanity is, is us making the same mistakes until we go, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, why do you keep having the same relationships all the time, every time? Why do the same things happen every time? It's very much an an ego characteristic to not consider that maybe the common denominator is us. Yeah, like, where does the pattern come from? It's not, like, coincidence. Oh, it's it's me. I keep doing these things. Oh, crap. To myself. Why? (laughs) But, yeah, it's a human thing to do, and we need to fall down. And part of, like, growing is falling down and getting back up. And then you fall down again, and you fuck up again, and you get back up again. And going back on those, um, the, like, kind of support that you were talking about that helped you, because I know you still kept in touch with uh, what you were calling your family. Yeah. Like, your ayahuasca family. and you definitely during your integration as well you were speaking to them a lot I was speaking to them but it's not the same as professional support it did help oh no yeah definitely but just that this idea that because I I do believe that you know relatability and shared experiences can can help um, when we're feeling lost and alone yeah and it's also essential to have the right people around you like I'm very lucky with you guys to She's smiling, guys. She's smiling. I love her so much. <laughs> I'm I'm very lucky um, to have people around me who are so supportive, who are so understanding because if I mean there are people who do this experience and who don't have the support network around them when they come back and they feel even more lost. Can't imagine that. Sounds terrible. Yeah, and and it's I mean it just takes time cuz you're healing. That's what you're doing. That's what ayahuasca is. Ayahuasca is healing, guys. That's that's what it is. It heals you. And that that's not always gentle. That can be very hard. And I didn't expect to fall into this deep depression. And it was actually... So I I have dealt with depression in the past. And I've 
I've also dealt with it in my teenage years. That's when it, when it was the worst. And it's actually a realization that I had during my ayahuasca experience as well. Like I was not a happy child. Like I had I had a good childhood. Mm-hmm. Like I had great family and everything, but it just was never happy. And in my teenage years, I was actually very depressed for a long time. Even afterwards, like in my adult years, I've, I have dealt with depression, but not to that extent. Like in my, in my teenage years, I have had times where I was suicidal, which which changed. Like, if, like I, I would have like in my adult years, like a depressed day here and there. But it was I was not severely depressed. It was like a moderate to mild, maybe like I was actually not in the worst place when I went to do ayahuasca so I didn't expect to come back and for things to overwhelm me this much but I was actually I had like a couple of days where I was actually severely suicidal and I don't know what kept me from it but it made me realize this is this is not like a light-hearted decision to go and do ayahuasca you need support and when you come out of that like I'm still grateful and I still don't regret a thing because that's what helped me grow now that's what like I feel so different Mm. I am not the same person I was before I went I'm not and I don't know if you can see that it's it's different for me to conceptualize because I've I myself have grown a lot since then as well and dealing with when when you are when you are trying to grow out of uh, depression or anxiety, um, and when you're trying to heal from that, especially anxiety, it's difficult. It's difficult to know whether the things that you think about other people are as they are, or if they're part of your anxious thoughts. And then it's therefore difficult to figure out which one of those is you, and which one of those is your mental illness. <laughs> So a lot of it for me is about um, knowing that the way that you feel about other people might not be because that's who they are, but because you are in a specific state that created Created them to be that way. Yeah. Based on your own insecurities or your own shitty state of mind at that point in time. Yeah. So um, I don't like I don't think so. But also like I know I'm different, too. So I'm probably not the right person to ask, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's subtle. Um, I think not everyone will maybe perceive it. Like I, I've, I've only heard of a couple of people actually who are like, like you've changed. You are definitely, like you said earlier, you definitely are much more sure of what you want. Yeah. Um, and there's no, um, like you're still terrified, which like who isn't <laughs> doing it, like trying to trying to dive face forward into your passion and like. Yeah, that's always going to be so scary. Yeah. Um, but you're doing it. I'm doing it. And I'm much more determined when it comes to every area of my life. And my boundaries are very different. Like, like as I said before, like, sometimes I will still fall down. And that will continue to happen. Like, I will still fuck up all the time. We always will. That's literally, like, it's so cliche. But when, you know, when I used to beat myself up when I was little because I made a mistake or hurt someone's feelings and I felt bad my mom would be like you're only human honey like it's literally the basis of who we are there's and we're gonna we're gonna mess up with this podcast as well like I'm sure at some point I will literally start talking while my foot is still in my mouth and y'all are gonna have to be like um 
I don't think you should say that. Uh, but the point is, is that, you know, you're receptive to that and you take it in and you do the best that you can because it's already fucking happened and there's nothing I can do about it. What well, what I would say is another thing that I really learned is, and that took me the longest time to learn. And even now, like I sometimes don't do it, but I know now merging back with my soul has taught me to have compassion with myself and to when I do fail and I do fall down and I do fuck up to not be so hard on myself and to not like put myself down but to be gentle with myself to love myself even harder and even when I can't do that with love as well like even when I when I'm really hard on myself and I can't forgive myself forgive myself for not being able for to forgive myself it's it's something that takes a lot of practice I'm on that journey as well um but you'd be surprised at how much easier it is to to yeah to be that gentle person with yourself while you're in your head legitimately not allowing yourself the same slack that I would give say you or any one of our other best friends and then as soon as you kind of I do have that voice in my head now that's like honey, you tried your best. And then most of the time I cry, but it's a lot easier. Um, so basically Lorena was the one that started this, but a lot of us have started putting pictures of ourselves when we were like little tiny humans. They recommended that arrhythmia as uh, our phone backgrounds. And it's really funny because I think some people actually think mine's my kid. Same. <laughs> and people ask me about it. Oh, who's that baby? And I'm like, me. Or, or at Kundalini when I was holding Lorena's phone and uh, while she was doing something and someone went, who's that on the phone? And I was like, oh, it's Lorena's a baby. And they just <laughs> thought I had a picture of Lorena's a baby on my phone. But honestly, like, take it out, stare at it, try and say those terrible mean things to this tiny, tiny person that you know deep down inside is just trying to do this life thing. And it's just so pure and innocent and full of love and nothing else. And give them a cuddle because they probably need it. Actually, like this is something that they said at Rhythmia as well, like in, in one of the classes. They had this example of treat yourself like you would treat like a parent would treat a child learning how to walk. So like imagine if a parent is watching a child that's just like learning how to walk and the child falls down. Like the parent doesn't say like, what the fuck? Like all the other children can walk. Like what, what is this? I have a, oh God, I think he's like 11, 11 and a half months now, year old nephew as well. And the idea of anybody Doing like that? saying that to him, like I will, I I will harm you, sir. You would never say that. You would be like, oh my god, you're doing great. You're like, you know, the child is gonna get it. You well, know, yeah, it's it's natural. It's just a normal thing. Like it's not a big deal. So why don't you do the same with yourself? Amazing. Um, I'm glad we went through integration because I actually don't think there's any more questions. Pretty much nailed all of them. So I think that's it for. Lorena's journey with ayahuasca unless you have anything else that you want to add that you think you forgot to talk about no I think that's pretty much it the only thing that I would say if there is any more questions let us know um we can I think we can just put our social media or email uh, yeah. in, in do you call it show notes description I don't even know 
Yeah, in the description box. Uh, isn't, isn't that YouTube? Oh God, I don't something. know. <laughs> that's something that we have, we to, have do to learn as well. Yeah. I think show notes. I think you say show notes with a podcast. <sighs> You're the one that's making a professional decision with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just along for the ride. But yeah, if you have any more questions, we're happy to answer them. A hundred percent. We'll have, we should have... a business email oh god um but that's gonna be it for this episode we're playing this by ear so who knows what we'll be talking about next um and yeah we'll see you guys next time on mindless have a good one thanks for listening bye